0: Hello, this is Lewis in the editing room. While editing, I've noticed we've had a technical problem with Sam's mic this episode. A few times it gets really quiet, and a couple of times it gets so quiet you can't hear what he's saying at all. It doesn't happen often, and when it does happen, it's not for long. And it's fine for like 98% of the episode, so we didn't want to scrap the whole thing. But just wanted to give you a heads up so you know your earphones are working fine. Anyway, here's our pre-Oscars episode.
1: 54321 Oscars! Like London buses, you wait forever for one and two sharp at the same time. Welcome back (laughs) to the Now Showing Podcast. We're here talking about the Oscars again. This is part two of our Oscars special weekend thing, uh, which will see us yesterday's episode, which you you should listen to. If you listen to this podcast, go listen to yesterday's episode. We discussed three films that have been nominated for Best Picture, and are in a lot of awards conversations. We looked at Tar... We looked the banshees we going to sharing, we looked all quiet on the Western Front. And today we're going to be finally getting around to discussing the Oscar nominations themselves and looking forward to the big event tomorrow. So, without further ado, I'm going to introduce I am Sam Houston and I'm going to introduce a co hostess with the co mostess Lewis Royal. How are you doing today, Lewis?
0: Hello. I'm doing well, thank you. How are you?
1: I'm doing fine. Would you say you're doing any differently to how you were doing 24 hours ago when we recorded the last episode?
0: No, I don't. Other than feeling weird that we're actually doing this. Yeah, this is actually baffling. It is.
1: It's good, though. Yeah, it's good, though. It's a good precedent that we should set and follow, but we will not, obviously not. Like, realistically, yeah. we're going to release three episodes in a week, and then we're going to release another episode in two and a half months, and it'll be, yeah. like, I don't know, Ant-Man. <laughs> um, Ant-Man, of course, nominated for um, Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> uh let's talk about the Oscars, shall we? So let's um basically um Will Smith slapped someone. What? Yeah, basically. When did this so, happen? Yeah, I don't know if you said it on the podcast or off the podcast yesterday, but how many times first question I'm asking you about the Oscars, <laughs> how many times do you think the slap is going to be brought up in the course of the Oscar ceremony and, and such?
0: At least. 10 times jimmy kimmel is going to make so many ten jokes about times. it
1: times
0: i guarantee really who i guarantee i will place money on this whoever presents best actress will say something along the lines of usually the winner of best actor from the previous year presents this award but that can't happen this year lol guarantee someone yeah, i agree with
1: money. that that's definitely that's definitely gonna happen 100 um Okay, so we're putting. Are we putting the line at, at ten? Okay, uh, you're taking the over. I'm taking the under. Okay, I'm taking. I'm taking under ten. What What should be the stake? Ooh, whoever Whoever wins gets to decide um, uh, the film for the next episode of the podcast. All right. Okay. Okay, that's on. That's on record. Um, so basically, it's going to be is i think it's like similar format to to last year but they're having a single host this year rather than um the the three that we had last year and the i think we had loads the year before um jimmy kimmel is, is returning to the role um i my my film journey only started a few years ago so i i never actually watched an oscars with jimmy kimmel presenting um but uh, you know you're more more learned in this area. How do you feel like Jimmy Kimmel presenting? Are you excited to hear Jimmy Kimmel presenting this year's Oscars?
0: Not particularly. <laughs> it's just it's very um, standard. Whenever a comedian hosts, it's it's just sort of you get yeah. a, you get a relatively unfunny monologue and then horrible canned bits in between categories.
1: Yeah, like realistically, he's not going to be like. He's gonna try and like do the Ricky Gervais thing at the Golden Globes, but then also he's also gonna be so much more tame and mainstream than yeah. that as well. Yeah. Um I'd like to make sure that everyone knows I wasn't endorsing Ricky Gervais there.
0: <laughs> Sam. Let's just get into okay. it. Okay. Let's get into it. That was
1: terrible acting. <laughs> okay, let's let's start talking about, about categories. Let's um Yeah. Okay. So, let's start with the most riveting categories. Let's talk about, like, best documentary short. Let's not do that. (laughs) Let's discuss best supporting actor, because that's where the Oscars start. No disrespect to best Um, documentary
0: short. But I haven't seen any of
1: them. No, no, have right. I'd like to also say I'd like to make it clear that this has been a bit of an off year for me. I have not seen all. I've seen eight out of ten of the best picture nominees. I'm missing key films that have been nominated here. So sometimes Lewis is going to have to take the lead, which I know, of course, is not so good for the listeners because the is you know, not so northern. interesting or funny. Um, yeah, northern <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so I, I will admit I'm a bit off off the mark here. So f- for example, in in supporting actor. Um, me and you have both only seen four of the films. Um, but then in in some categories, I maybe have only seen three or, or so. Okay, so we're starting off with supporting actor, which is the nominations are Brendan Gleeson, Brian Tyree Henry, Judd Hirsch, Barry Keown and Casey Kwan. Um, so I guess let's we'll start off by before we go into the race and stuff. Um, let's talk about the individual nominations. Do we think we deserve to be there? Do you know what's been stamped and such? Um. The the obvious question is how do we feel about the nomination of Judd Hurst in the Fablemans? Yeah. Um people if, if someone ha- if people haven't seen the Fablemans and wonder why there's there's been a bit of discussion about Judd Hurst, um, he basically is only in a very small section of the film. He's maybe in kind of ten minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, he's a kind of uh, outside family member of of um of Sammy the protagonist Sammy Fableman. He's like uh, the uncle. Or great-uncle, and uh, he shows up, he, he gives some, some very important uh, advice which kind of shapes the rest of the film and departs. But the idea is that he's kind of scene-stealing, but he isn't so little. So how do you feel about his nomination? Do you think that maybe he, he didn't have enough screen time, he didn't do enough? Or what, do you, what do you think about Judd Hirst? Because that, that's probably the most uh, divisive uh, nomination yeah. on the list.
0: Yeah, um, I think I'm not too bothered about the fact that he doesn't have much screen time. Because like you said when we reviewed The Fablemans, I think it's a nice precedent to set that you don't need to have a huge role in the film to have an impactful supporting role. Um, But to me, it's just... It's not like enough like not necessarily enough of it but there's just not enough to justify an Oscar nomination there's you know it's a great scene that he's in but it is literally one scene he turns up has a conversation with Sammy Fableman and then leaves and this all happens in less than 10 minutes and it is a great scene it's a really great scene and it's an important scene but I just do not feel like he is in the top five supporting performances of 2022. I mean, it's great, but I remember when he when his character leaves. I remember thinking to myself because at this point he'd already got his Oscar nomination. I remember thinking to myself, I wonder how he's going to come back because he's nominated for an Oscar for this, so he has to come back. This can't be it, and then he just doesn't come back. Yeah. So for me, he it's a great performance. It really is, but it, he doesn't deserve this nomination. I'm sorry to Jud Hirsch, but he doesn't. I don't know if you disagree, but for me he has taken a nomination away from someone else.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's slightly difficult because uh, again, it's it's what I said before. Like I like that he's had a nomination because the press of sets. I like the idea that scenes, you know, can, can be nominated for sporting performances because I think, you know, it's, it's, it's it It's a thing I'd like to see I think that there are an awful lot of very good performances that come in three or four minutes of screen time. I think Jud Hash is great, I think his character is very impactful. I think he does a very does a lot in a, in a very small amount of screen time I think it's a great performance all that stuff yeah can i can I honestly earnestly say it's in the top five performances of any supporting actor this year? No chance that you know it, it's you know it's it's a nice nomination. But it's in the same vein as like someone you like being on it. It's it's a nice nomination, but there's no way it's the right nomination. I cannot I cannot honestly agree with that at all. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that one. i afraid.
0: Yeah, and it kind of on the opposite end of that, because Jud Hirsch is a a very well known, respected older actor um, who has only been nominated for one Oscar before. Uh, he also, by the way, he also sets the record for the biggest gap between Oscar nominations. I don't know how many years, but he was nominated for an Oscar like forty years ago. Um, so it's the record for the biggest gap between Oscar nominations. But on the opposite scale of, like, Judd Hirsch being an older, respected actor, you have Barry Keown, who is this young actor who's never been at the Oscars before, never been nominated for the Oscars before, and I didn't expect him to get nominated, because he's young, he's kind of... He's never been in the awards conversation before, so I didn't expect him to be nominated. I expected all of the love from Banshees to go to Brendan Gleeson, so I'm really happy to see Barracky on here, because he really does deserve it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, so, but none of us have seen Brian Terry Henry and Coulsway. That's we'll, we'll, we'll put our cards on the table, we'll admit that. Um, but, yeah, should we just get into the conversation... Basically, this seems to be a two horse race, right? That's the the, yeah. the overwhelming opinion is that it's a two horse race between um, Casey Kwan for Everything Ever All at Once and Barry Keane for Banshee's in the Sharing, which obviously reviewed yesterday, and we both said that he's stand up for once. Yeah, um, we absolutely loved Everything Ever All at Once. We absolutely we loved it. We absolutely love Banshee's in the uh, especially me. Um, I'm going to say, you know. I'm, even mid conversation, there's part of me that's still doubting my my opinion between the two because they are two wonderful performances. Yeah, um, and two obviously very, very, very different performances. Uh, who before we say who do we think will win? Who who do you, uh, do you, do you really? Is there? Are you certain with, with Keown Or how do you feel?
0: I I'm very torn because. You know, talking about Banshees yesterday, like, like I said yesterday, it's been ages since I've been seen Banshees, because I saw it at London Film Festival, which was about a month and a half before it even came out. So I saw it months and months ago. But just talking about it yesterday kind of reignited my, like, adoration of Barry Keown, because I haven't thought about it, really. I've, you know, his name's been mentioned, and I've been like, yep, great performance. But actually having to talk about it and think about it, it's such a good performance. But I will be honest, I am team Kehoe Kwan. I really want him to win. I th- I do think he gives a, a much more complex performance. I think his performance is better, as much as I love Barry Keown. They're two very, very different performances. And my preference, you know, they're just as good as each other, really. Um, but they're very, very different. And I think my preference leans towards Kehoe Kwan in uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. But what about you? Do you agree with me or are you team Barrakeel
1: or are you team Brendan Gleason? Yeah, I think Brendan Gleason's performance is not talked about as much as it should. Uh, yeah. I really do feel like that. I, I, but no, I, I don't think, I, I think Brendan Gleason is wonderful, but I think he's probably the third best performance in Banshees and there's a converse, and he's closer to fourth than he is to second for me. Yeah. Uh I think it's more of a conversation between him and Kerry Condon than it is between him and Barry Keown, or him and Colin Farrell. Um, yeah. It's, it's tough one because I, I have been on the, on the Keone um, vibe on the Keone hype since I watched Banshees. But I think uh, uh, there's something kind of wonderful about the, when it comes to acting in the format of how everything everywhere it works because there are probably very little films that allow you to view so much range in in one film. Because he's playing an a a, a homely kind of housewife. He's playing if, of which there's multiple versions. Some of which you know the there's, are there's, struggling relationship wise. Sometimes they they're going well in the other ones. And he's also playing an action star and he's also playing uh, a, a, well. He's playing an action star in terms of the fact that he's playing like a you know like someone who is themselves an actual movie star and also being involved in action. So he's, he's doing all these different characters, uh, as is Michelle Yeoh, as is Stephanie Sue, as is Jeremy Curtis. I think being, being able to demonstrate his, his range within that. I'm just thinking mainly about the kind of the opening 20 minutes of everything everywhere when you're, you're seeing them struggling and also seeing him in the scene that everyone constantly quotes about, you know, in another life, I'd like to blank and blank and blank with, um, with you. Yeah. Just, just demonstrating those two, two scenes you th- where Casey Conn absolutely shines in both of them in very different roles, um, whilst playing the same character. Uh, it's very impressive. It's really impressive. And I think, him, the story is amazing. You know, him coming back to acting, him seeing Crazy Rich Asians, realizing oh, there's yeah. a, a reason to keep acting. Yeah, it's, it's a great story. As is Barry Keown's, you know, him having such a hard, you know, uh, life. And that's been talked about a lot in the British press, especially yeah. after his win at BAFTA. Um, but I think, again, I described in yesterday's episode, Barry Keown's character as a microchasm of, of Martin Madonna's work. You know, he, he's, even in the fool, the village idiot, the like kind of main comic relief figure, there is still this side. There's this under, under uh, kind of surface sadness and misery and depression to this character. Some, you know, the shit he goes through with his dad, the way that he, he the emotional beats that he goes through with with Carrie Condon's character, the way he reacts to Colin Farrell. It's Again, it's a microchasm of banshees and it's a microchasm of of Martin Madonna and I think uh, it's just a wonderful performance and I think he's gone from strength to strength the last few years. I think um, him getting an Oscar win here, uh, yeah, I'd love it. I I would love love it. In terms of who is going to win it, the answer is Casey Kwan.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that's the... uh,
1: Casey Kwan is going to win it. I I believe he's the betting favourite. I believe he's quite a large betting favourite. Yeah, Um, I
0: I think the only thing he has lost is BAFTA as well.
1: Yeah. Um, so we want to talk quickly. We don't have a, 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 we don't want to spend too long on each. Well, I guess we. I'm happy to spend time on this and the rest of the acting categories and the the big ones. Um, but just quickly going to talk about a few of the performances that didn't get nominated. So the first one that comes to mind, the, I think the most obvious one uh, would be Paul Dano and the favorite ones, which I think most people had in their original four. That didn't get nominated. Um, neither did Eddie Redmayne in The Good Nurse. Neither did Brad Pitt in Babylon. Neither did Tom Hanks in Elvis. which Some people might agree with, some people won't. <laughs> um, if you're putting a fire together, and we're not, I'm not talking just like you know, alternative Oscar style. You know what we'd love to see out of realistic films that the things that could have got nominated. Yeah. In a in an ideal world, would you would you take? Hirsch out and put Dano in? Uh, I would take Hirsch out, but
0: not for Paul Dano. Um, I wasn't enamoured with his performance in the Fablemans. Um, I just I'd kind of leave the Fablemans out of this category. Um, in terms of what I'd put in there instead, I, I don't know, to be honest. There's a lot of performances
1: off the top of my head. I, I, I don't know. I I, was, I thought you'd say Brad Pitt, to be honest. I mean, I Brad think Pitt you, I think was you
0: said- incredible in Babylon.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. You guys say you think it was Brad Pitt's best performance.
0: It, I do think it is Brad Pitt's best performance, and you know he doesn't deserve any awards because he's a piece of shit. But his performance is fabulous, and in a <laughs> vacuum, in a vacuum, he absolutely deserves a nomination.
1: Um, how would you have felt about uh, Tom Hanks' Elvis nomination? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would not have been supportive of that. It's a it's a great performance. I it fits the not. film. It fits the film perfectly. But no. <laughs> Okay, you hate fun. Um, <laughs> I loved Moonfall. You can never accuse me of hating fun. I loved Moonfall.
1: Yeah, and you did love Ambulance as well.
0: I d- ambulance, like Moonfall, I accept is shit, but it's fun. Ambulance is genuinely fantastic.
1: Moving on to supporting actress, we're gonna we'll, we'll go through the supporting categories, and then we'll move up to the technical categories, and then we'll we'll go back to the, the big one. So, supporting actress, the nominations are. Angela Bassett for, I don't know, why I didn't say the films in the last one you know, I'm gonna do it now. Angela Bassett for Black Panther 2, Hong Chao for The Whale, Kerry Condon for The Banshees of Inner Sharing, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Ever All at Once, and Stephanie Sue for Everything Ever All at Once. Um, I feel slightly sad that I didn't sing that all, um, in the style of, uh, last year's supporting actress winner. <laughs>
0: All the ladies in the room supporting and leading Oh here I presume I have to stop because I will do it all because I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's on that's on Spotify forever now. you just doing that. As it should be.
0: Um, our, ne- our next episode give- is just going to be a 30 second clip of me doing that.
1: Can you do more of it? Just a little bit more, please.
0: All the ladies in the room supporting and leading Oh here I presume Hong Chow Dali D Kerry and Kerry with a C Dame Emma, I'm so fond. Anna, girl, you were great in blonde. Danielle D, you broke my heart. Michelle, I've loved you from the start. Angela Bassett did the thing. Viola Davis, my woman king. Blanchett Kate, you're a genius. And Jamie Lee, you are all of us. You're welcome, everyone. Right, okay, you're welcome, everyone. That, um, that is not yeah, getting out. Th- not getting quite out. That's
1: a very <laughs> low moment in a very, very poor podcast. <laughs> um... That is staying in. Um, okay, so, there is a, a chance that Jamie Lee Curtis wins this. There is. Re- <laughs>
0: Reacts to that. Um, no, that shouldn't happen. I am baffled by her nomination. I think it was you who said, you're not too annoyed by it, it as long as Stephanie Shue gets nominated as well. And that has happened. But I, Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. should not be here. She should not be here. Like I think... This is clearly a nomination for Jamie Lee Curtis, not for the performance, because she is a a legend of cinema in general, and they've decided to give her a nomination out of respect for her whole career, which is fine, but Do you think
1: that you could argue the same for Angela Bassett's nomination?
0: Um, I don't don't think so. I think her performance is good. I don't think Angela Bassett should be nominated for Wakanda Forever. I don't think she's the best performance in Wakanda Forever yeah i mean, i agree um, um
1: but um but but i know what you say, mean but no say say unknown actor did the exact same performance as angela bassett in black panther 2 say someone a relative unknown someone perhaps that's you know not not massive right yeah there's no chance they get nominated oh no, no and the proof
0: nominated. of that is the fact that i think Letitia Wright and Dana I'm much better in Wakanda Forever than Angela Bassett, and if I had to pick a supporting performance from Black Panther Two to put in this category, it would be Dana Guerrero, not Angela Bassett. Um, but I don't think I don't think you can say it's the same as Jamie Lee Curtis for everything, everywhere, all at once, because Angela Bassett is still fabulous in Wakanda Forever.
1: Yeah, arguably did, did some sort of thing. Um, <laughs> I. Yeah, but yeah, but then a part of it is a nomination for Angela Asset because I don't feel like there's any chance that she did something otherwise. So I think the fact that she's Angela Bassett is a big part of a nomination, the same degree that Jamie Lee Curtis is. Now, I controversially, I think Jamie Lee Curtis is very good in um everything everywhere and I also think it's a lot more than some people are acting like it's a glorified cameo. I think that's ridiculous. I think Jamie Lee Curtis is actually in quite a lot of everything everyone at once, and I think she's really good. Right, is she as good as Stephanie Sue? Obviously not, right? But I still think she's very good, and I'm not at all annoyed at this nomination. I think, you know, the fact she's Jamie Curtis, you know, ma- makes it even better because I'm happy to see Jamie Curtis get a nomination because you know everyone loves Jamie Curtis. You uh, know, she has said some relatively dumb things in the last year. Anyway, um, she's you know as an actress, everyone loves everyone loves um, Jamie Curtis. Do that being said. If she wins, I will probably get a, a flight to LA and slap someone myself. It, because it would
0: be ridiculous.
1: That would be so poor. Yeah. That would be like on the same level as Coda winning best picture level down. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Um, I got 25 minutes by the way. Well, actually it's not going to be 25 minutes for you lot listening because you, you didn't hear the like three minutes that we're going to end up cutting out. Yeah. But, with, I'm 25 minutes into a podcast, and I've only just mentioned that Code won this Picture last year. Well And done, I wasn't happy about it. Well so, done. yeah, I, um, I feel like that uh, worked well, good for me. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I haven't seen The Whale. You have But haven't. you have. I have. Talk to me about Hong Chao. I'll talk about Hong Chao, and then
0: when we get to Best Actor, I'll talk about Brendan Fraser. Yeah, um, of,
1: course, of course. Hong yeah. Chao
0: is magnificent in The Whale. I'm very happy for this nomination. Um A lot of people saying that she should have been nominated for the menu instead. I loved the menu. Hong Chao gives a performance that I prefer in the menu, but she is fabulous in the whale. She is amazing in the whale. So I'm very happy to see her nominated for this film. Um So yeah, she's a, she's really, really fabulous in it. So I'm very happy she's nominated. She deserves it. And she's, dare I say, top two in this category. Shall we talk about Stephanie Shu? who I don't know about you, but I think should be sweeping this category? Yeah, let's talk about Stephanie Hsu. Do you feel that way? Do you feel that she should be sweeping this category? Because for me, she gives easily the best supporting performance um, out of these five. You know, I can't think of a performance better um, outside of these five as well. So for me, she should be sweeping this category. And the fact that she isn't is horrible.
1: I'll, I'll preface this by saying I, I haven't seen the menu. But I, I, oh, sorry, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen the whale, but, um, judging off, 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 like, how good she is in the menu, I assume that Hong Chao is very good. Right. So I, I I'm going to assume that Hong Chao yeah. is good. Yeah. Um, in which case, I think this is a very consistent and a very good category, but these are all good performances. None of these are amazing performances, except for Stephanie Sue, who is yeah. amazing. I think that Kerry Condon is great. I think Jamie Lee Curtis is great. I think Angela Bassett is, is great. I, you know, I, again, I don't know about Humpshower, but I don't think any of these are exceptional awarding performances. Like the conversation we're going to have about best actor, but I think that um, there are multiple amazing performances. Um, you can make the argument for, for, or look at the, you know, the um, best actress uh, conversation two years ago when you had um, Harry Mulligan up against. Um, Viola Davis and um uh Franz McDormand and that year, you know, we're talking about like five exceptional performances that were all amazing. Um this year, you know, this this awards thing, we have four good performances, but there is no way that I could think of myself making an argument for anyone other than Stephanie Sue. I think for me yeah. it's astronomically clear. She she's amazing. All the things I say about Casey Kwan completely goes for for Stephanie Sue here. Yeah. Um I find I, I find it really hard to say her best performance in Everything Everywhere because everyone's great. Yeah. Um but yeah she's 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 exceptional. I think she's the clear, clear lead for me in terms of quality. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think she should be walking away with an Oscar tomorrow. Um in this awards category there is uh, no Michelle Williams, because she got nominated in Leading Actress instead. Yeah. And that was a conversation that was happening a lot at the time. Now, this is, I guess we could have this conversation now or later. Uh, do you think it would have been a more fair thing to have her in, in this category?
0: Uh, I think so, yeah. Because I think, I, I, to me, she isn't the lead in The Fablemans. She isn't. It's very much... Sammy Fableman's story but at the same time when we as i said when we reviewed the fablemans it feels like it's a very confused film is she the lead or isn't she i think you could make an argument for either but i think if you if i had to i would put her in supporting so i'm uh, so yeah i think she should be in this category and not in
1: i don't lead. again i, I it, if um if you remember my thoughts when we discussed the fablemans i don't think she should be in this category I don't think she should be in the lead category. I don't think <laughs> this is a, a, a. I don't, I think an incredibly overrated performance, personally. Yeah. Um, but I think she, she is, I would, if I had to pick between two, I would actually say lead. I think she is more the lead in the film. I mean, she's not the lead over, um, like Sammy, but I think I, I would consider it a, a co-led film. But, um. Fair enough. Things that have been nominated include. Dolly DeLion.
0: Um, for Triangle of Sadness. Don't which lie, not seen, In Triangle of Sadness,
1: yes. But she is
0: fabulous in Triangle of Sadness. Um, this isn't a spoiler at all, but she is virtually completely absent from the first half of the film. Um, and then she comes in for the second half and steals the show. She is amazing and I think it's horrible that she's not in this category.
1: Um, Carrie Mulligan in She Said didn't make it in. Neither did Janelle, did Janelle Monáe in the uh, otherwise Oscar-nominated Glass Onion mm. um, with, you know, you, you don't seem particularly over the moon of the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis got nominated um, would you like to see Monet in there? I know you talked about that performance a lot uh,
0: Yeah, I'd love to see Janelle Monet in uh, in Glass Onion, so yeah, I'd love to see her and Dolly DeLion in this category. Um, if it was up to me I'd take out Angela Bassett and Jamie Lee Curtis and put in Janelle Monet and Dolly DeLyon.
1: Funny, Funny enough um Angela Bassett probably will win this, I imagine. Well
0: I I think Kerry Condon will win this. Really? Yes. I think of Kerry
1: was we've not really discussed.
0: It's not she is great in uh, in Banshee, she really is. Um but I think she will I think she has a very strong chance of winning this because she won the BAFTA and Jamie Lee Curtis won the sack. So there's a big overlap in BAFTA and Academy members and SAG not going for Bassett doesn't bode well. So I think Kerry Condon is the favourite in this category. But um Angela Bassett will probably win, but I would not be shocked at all if Kerry Condon wins and i'll be very happy to see it as I much as i don't think she should be i don't think she should be nominated for this performance i love angela bassett it's a travesty that she doesn't have an oscar um for the tina turner movie from the 90s i can't remember what it's called is it called what's love got to do with it or something but um yeah i think so. yeah she should have uh, won for that so i will be very happy to be able to say oscar winner angela bassett uh
1: the sad thing is that Stephanie is is probably not even re- with a realistic shout yeah that is sad which baffles me because
0: how can you watch everything everywhere all at once and not think and think you know Kehoi Kwan is deserving of a win probably Michelle Yeoh is potentially deserving of a win but Stephanie Hsu not even on the cards that's crazy to me
1: yeah I don't think this is the best performance in the film um I think I, I tough one. It's a tough one. I, I'm not sure if it is less performance to the film. I, I think that the, the three performances are are really close. The, the three main performances are yeah. not including Jamie Jimmy Kurtz, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Kurtz is the best performance in everything that we all want. Yeah, I agree, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's, let's go with that. Okay. Let's talk about... Let's talk about... Let's talk about editing, shall let's. we? The Banshees been a share in, Elvis, everything, everywhere, all at once, TAR and Top Gun Maverick. So, an elephant in the room, me and you are the only people that hate Top Gun Maverick because we, we hate cinema. Yes. Um, we we want cinema to die and... and Streaming you know, exclusives we, we hate only. Fun. Yeah. Top Gun Maverick got nominated for editing. It also got nominated for five other Oscars. It got nominated... For um, Best Sound, it got nominated for uh, Best Original Song, it got nominated for VFX, it got nominated for Screenplay. Screenplay. And Picture. God. And Picture. I'm happy to live in a world where Tom Cruise didn't get on for the first actor. I know. Um, but I'm sad in the world to live in a world where Top Gun Maverick got more six Oscar nominations. And the funny thing is almost every single one of the people listening to this podcast is going to disagree with us. I mean, I think yeah. we're really not for saying this. I know. But, um, Top Gun Maverick sucks ass. And, it did. It shit. Uh, and the editing is, is, is not bad. The editing no. is, 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 I, you know, it's fine. Um, I, I, I think this is, look, I think Ty has amazing editing. Yeah. I think Ty has amazing editing. I think Everything Every All at Once has even better editing. Um, but I don't, I think this is Elvis's category for me in terms of my, my personal beliefs. I think this is Elvis's category a hundred times over. Elvis is, Elvis for me, I was only in the conversation with films that were never in the conversation, such as After Sun, which I think has amazing editing. Um, but in terms of films that are going to be in this conversation, that's a conversation. I think Elvis's editing is fucking exceptional. I think it's an example. The Oscars like a lot of editing, yeah. Hence, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> this film has a lot of editing, but it's done in such a enjoyable uh, way that really makes I think makes even the more most casual film viewer appreciate the art of editing. Yeah, uh, and and for me, yeah, El- Elvis for me a hundred times over.
0: Yep, I agree. I think Tar is excellently edited, but Elvis's approach is just, it's so entertaining, so in your face and so entertaining that yeah, Elvis is the clear winner of this. I think Everywhere All at Once does have excellent editing and similarly to Elvis, it's very showy, very in your face editing, lots and lots of quick cuts. I mean, there's one scene where it's literally just, you know, hundreds of cuts in a seconds flicking through loads of different shots of Michelle Yeoh. Um so that was a very in your face as well, and it's still great. But for me, Elvis is yeah. Banshee's had great editing, but it's fairly innocuous. Um, which you could say is exactly perfect editing. You know, you don't notice the best editing, as they say. But um Elvis to me, yeah. Clear winner.
1: Um a couple of things that weren't nominated. Um I'm I'm hence the the like Hence, um so after the Day <laughs> after the amount of nominations it had, it got nine nominations, it got best film at BAFTA. I'm slightly surprised that oh, Western Front didn't get an editing nomination here, mm. seeing as it's the kind of film that's always gonna get an editing nomination here. And I think it's one of those kind of things like, is that gonna be the kind of the curse and it's not gonna get best picture? But again, Coda broke that last year. Right. Um Yeah, so that didn't get nominated, which is a slightly surprising one. Uh, and, uh another surprising one, um the Fabemans that didn't get nominated. It, again the editing is not amazing, but it's the kind of film you imagine the Oscars would nominate editing. Yeah. Uh, in terms of things that are slightly less likely, I would have loved to see a Babylon nomination here. I think Babylon's editing is Oh yes. Absolutely. Incredible editing. Um who do you think's winning this though? I think for I think the conversation and I might be wrong, but I believe the conversation will be between Top Gun, Maverick, Ugh. and um, yeah, and everything, everyone at once.
0: Yeah, I think everything, everyone at once is winning this. I do see a world where Top Gun is. But going I do think everything, to Go wins.
1: out on a limb and say that I think Top Gun is going to win this.
0: Oh no! Don't say that.
1: Does yeah, that mean say, that the that now Africa? showing
0: podcast is officially predicting Top Gun, Maverick to become an Academy
1: Award-winning film? Yes. <sighs> I mean, it, it's it's with disdain. It is. I mean, it's right? part, it's to be not, fair, not, I, I think it will win
0: sound. So, yeah, I think either way, we're coming out of the Oscars with Top Gun being an Oscar-winning film.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll move, we'll shuffle from editing to its its slightly more loved, slightly more attractive brother in, <laughs> in Best in um, All quite on the Western Front. Bardo. Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar, yeah. which is weird because it's on paper it's a good category. It, yeah. It's strong, but after the year we've had in terms of editing, it's quite depressing. Like it, it's good, but it could be so much better. Uh,
0: what would you What would you put in there then? Because I think this is a
1: great category, personally. Apart from one Banshee's of isn't in there. Banshee's been Sharon has absolutely exceptional cinematography. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? I had another one. Uh, Avatar, amazing yes, cinematography. That's true, yeah. Uh, the, the Batman, amazing cinematography. Yeah, that's true. Um, After Sun, amazing cinematography. Yeah,
0: yeah you're I, right, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I still think that four of these five... Well, I think three of these five are excellent. One of these five is is good, and one of them is is just... You know, it's good, but it's not Oscar-nominated. Empire of Light... uh,
1: uh, The one that you don't like is All Quite the Western Front, I'm
0: assuming. No. um, Sorry, All Quite the Western Front does have very good cinematography. I did say it's technically very, very impressive. It has good cinematography. Yeah. Empire of Light is only nominated because it's Roger Deakins
1: has got very good cinematography.
0: It has, but it's only nominated because it was Roger Deakins. It's not Oscar-worthy. Of
1: course, 100%.
0: Um, Tar has excellent cinematography. Genuinely excellent. Masterful cinematography. Elvis also has incredible cinematography. Very underrated cinematography, because I feel like it looks very flashy. um, And I think for that reason, it sort of goes under the radar almost, because You know, the kind of films that get nominated for this Oscar are generally quite, you know, very, I don't know how to describe it necessarily. It's cinematic, very, not pretentious at all. That's the wrong word, but it's the closest word to what I can think uh, to describe. Um, But Elvis is not that. Elvis is very kind of like bashful, big, bodacious cinematography. And I love it. And I think it's very underrated for that reason. Um and then Bardo, which is a great nomination. You know, it's not nominated for any other Oscars, um, but it does have excellent excellent cinematography, so I'm happy that it's nominated here.
1: Yeah, uh, I haven't seen Bardo, I've seen the other four. Um Yeah, I don't really know necessarily how I feel about this. Um I I, I think I'm not gonna be hurt here. The if Empire Light One I think Empire Light has got exceptional cinematography, by the way. Um, if, uh, no, I take that back. I think Empire Light has very good cinematography. I would not say it's an exception, (laughs) sorry, I apologize. If Empire Light won, I would be slightly annoyed. If Bardo won, I wouldn't know how, because I haven't seen it. But any of the other three, I think, I think Tar's cinematography is, is wonderful. Um, uh, and Elvis's, everything you said. The thing about Elvis is that I love the editing so much that I almost forgot to watch the cinematography. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's very. Um,
0: it's just, it's not something that you think about when you're watching it. But when you think about it
1: afterwards, yeah. it's great. Um, ultimately, I think for me, if I was an Oscar voter, I would pick Require the in Front, which mm-hmm. I thought, again, you, you know, we're going to go over war stuff. <laughs> I, I, I think ultimately what I said is that I think it, it made me... You know, victim to a lot of, of cliches, and it might be similar to a lot of war films, but I think it does every single aspect to an amazing level. And I think cinematography isn't isn't another fine example. I think the way that, that the the events and the action scenes are captured um, are, are very good, and the close-ups in in All Quite the Western Front are are very very good and very emotive and very telling. And I I um, you know have a you know very you know I think that the the cinematography is very strong. Big fan, like yeah. the Elvis win it as well. Um, the, this one is a weird category in terms of, um, you know, you know. I keep talking about things that things that didn't get nominated. Mm. This, do you remember when Tenet didn't get nominated for for score? Yes, because that was the pre-nominations. That was the front runner. Like yeah. before it was nominated, that was the front runner to win it. Yeah. The same thing happened here. I'm pretty sure most people had Top Gun winning this. Yeah, before they did the nominations came out, and I'm it didn't so even happy. get nominated. So, happy. so every cloud has a silver <laughs> lining, eh? Yeah, um, maybe I like winning it won't be that bad. That's true. Um, <laughs> anything to stop Top Gun, I guess. Yeah. Um, if what I, do you think will win this?
0: It, well, firstly, if I were an Oscar voter, I'd be voting for Elvis. Um, and I, I don't know about you, you what, in this category, but this is one of the few, this is one of the, not necessarily few, but one of the several categories where I genuinely have no clue who's going to win. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, I, I I think to be honest with you, if I was a betting man, uh, I think I think I might go for the fact that it's No, 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 I'm gonna go for all quite a I think they'll go for all kinds for a second now I was I was think deluding myself and thinking it's deacons it's deacons. I think they'll give it all quite mess front.
0: Yeah, I don't think, I think the fact that it's, I think it's very easy to think that they'll give it just because it's Deakins, um, but you have to remember, until 2017, he'd never won an Oscar. They gave him his first Oscar for Blade Runner 2049, and then they gave him one the year after for 1917. Um, he, got, he Yeah, won but now is. He won, he had like 15 he... nominations before that. And he never
1: won. Yeah, but so he, I don't think they're rush to give him another so one. He is now so fetishised. Like, he always has he's been. He's constantly talked about, yeah, I guess. But now he's winning stuff.
0: Yeah, he won two back-to-back. I don't think they're in any rush to give him a third one, uh, considering that he had, like, 14 nominations with no wins. Um, and everyone thought that that was horrendous, that he'd never won. Um, so I don't think they're any in any rush to give him a third one, considering that... Um, but yeah, I think maybe I think you're right, I'd guess all quite on the Western front, but I genuinely don't know.
1: Um would you like to talk about the screenplay nominations now?
0: Let's Which one Let's start we off
1: with? with let's start with the original screenplay. Okay. So there are five, five nominations for original screenplay are Martin Madonna for The Banshees in a Sharing, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner for Everything Everywhere All At Once, Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner for The Fablemans. Todd Field for Tar and Ruben Ostlund for Triangle of Sadness. Now I have not seen Triangle of Sadness, I'd like to make that I'm very clear before I speak to what the rest of these. Um but I have seen the Banshees, uh Everything Everywhere, uh The Fable Ones, and Tar. So I haven't seen Triangle of Sadness. How good is its screenplay?
0: It's a you know, it's a good screenplay, to be honest. It's a great screenplay. It's very funny, um, but it's not exactly subtle. So I wouldn't vote for it in this category, but it is a great, it is still a great screenplay. Um, So yeah, it's it's worthy of its nomination, but I wouldn't vote for it.
1: I, 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 to be honest with you, I can't even think of anything in original screenplay. I, I can't really think of it. There's nothing they didn't nominate that I would think would have ever been possible. I don't see a world in which they give Elvis a screenplay. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine them giving after and you know, I don't think they'll do that. I don't yeah. think, especially because after some, whilst it's amazing, the first thing you think about it is not its screenplay, which is very good. It's not the first thing you think about. For yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not really surprised at all, really. I get mean, like if, if it's decision to leave, to, to leave a done well in other places, maybe, you know, it could have, you know, if it, got into the international yeah, thing true. and you know but yeah i mean the five that got made, i don't think there's any surprises there really yeah I agree. um for me three absolutely exceptional screenplays and the failures.
0: yeah i agree i think exactly the same thing
1: which yeah, i think the home screenplay is good the first yeah. screenplay is, is it's a seven out of ten screenplay it's but as you said, Steven Spielberg does his best work adapting or or dealing with other people's writing. He does not do his best work writing himself. Um, it's a good screenplay. It's, it's not as good. It's certainly not as good as the other three. Hmm. Um, and I just don't know. It's like Sophie's choice. You know, (laughs) I, I, I I don't want to discount any of these films. These are three truly wonderful screenplays. And I think, um, you know, this is, this is going to be as hard a decision as you're ever going to get in this category. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, the Batcheson is going to share it. I, I think for me, uh, I am probably sing its praises for for a minute because I think it, it's quite, you know, it's a very small scale film. You know, it's set on one Island. It has four characters in it. It's, you know, it, Is very even the conflict. Whilst it kind of becomes a bit ridiculous, it is a very small, very local conflict. But I think just through very witty, very funny, very aggressive dialogue, very warlike almost dialogue at times on any character, what what could have been you know a, a, a scene as an almost pointless incident. We're sitting through two hours of nothing. Is actually meant made up to be the most important thing to have ever happened in the history of the world. And it does it with a great comedic flair. It does it with a very strong sense of, of of Irishness. Um, and I think it also acknowledges the fact that he has got, you know, the screenplay itself is obviously written with the the fact that he has Colin Farrell and, and Brendan Gleeson together. And he's written a script that has really allowed them to get the very best out of each other. And the, the, optimism and, and, um, almost kind of patheticness that, uh, that Farrell is, is doing to the best degree here. And the, the bitterness and, uh, the kind of burden of intelligence that, that Brendan Gleason does again masterfully. Um, it's just, it's, it's so well thought out. It's so well written. I, for me, um, you're probably going to talk about. I'm going to let you talk about Tar, and you might reconvince really me to change your mind. But just, I've just talked myself into to having answered this question. I absolutely adore the Banshee screenplay.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Banshees is is fabulous, and I think also it's very frustrating that Martin McDonough hasn't won an Oscar for screenwriting because he really is one of the best screenwriters out there right now. Um, and everything, everywhere, all at once is very well written. It's great, but to me, Tar is the winner of this category. Todd Field created such a thorough, precise screenplay to the point where people are convinced that Lydia Tarr is real because her life, her character, everything about her is so thought out and so tangible that she feels like a real person and the internet is behaving as though she is a real person and a lot of people genuinely think she is a real person um, but the screenplay is the reason for that. It's so, it's such a perfect screenplay. It's such a dense screenplay. There's so much of it, but it's fabulously written. You know, the the opening monologue of exposition feels so perfect and makes this world feel so real and lived in that is so out of touch for most people on the planet. You know, how many people can relate to being in this world of high-end, high-up classic classical music conductors not many and yet it feels you feel like you're in it and it feels like it, it makes sense and everything makes sense in it and Lydia Tarr as a character is just everything about her is so nuanced and so subtle and yeah Kate Blanchett's performance is the reason for that but this performance would not be possible without such a fabulous intelligent screenplay that doesn't tell you what to feel about these events it doesn't tell you that what Lydia Tarr did was bad it doesn't tell you that Lydia Tarr deserves what's coming to her that Lydia Tarr doesn't deserve what's coming to her it just presents these events to you and makes you do the thinking makes you sit with what you've seen and process it and I think it's one of the best screenplays I've ever heard it's absolutely impeccable and to me it should be sweeping this category Every single screenplay award should be going to Tar because it's absolutely fabulous.
1: Yeah, um, I, I don't disagree at all. I, the thing is, is that it, it feels the, the, I'm almost annoyed at myself that I think that if Tar does, if Tar did win, which I, I don't think it will, I don't think it will be. Yeah, it will get to that in a second. But if Tar does, Tar did win, I'd almost be annoyed the Banshees didn't, and it feels sad because. Yeah. Tar is so good that I, I hate, again, It's Sophie Shills, I hate the fact I have to pick because I, I absolutely uh, adore Star screenplay as well. I think, you know, everything, you know, the, the foundations of that exceptional performance uh, need to be there. You know, it's, mm-hmm. there's a reason why, you know, there's a, you know, people talk, you know, this is Kate Blanchard's best performance. Why is it her best performance? Not only is it, because she hasn't suddenly become a, you know, you know, a much better actor out of nowhere. Um, yeah. It, a, a large part of it is the direction that she received from Field, but also the fact that she has such an amazing script to work with, uh, and of course, no credit taken away from her because it is is yeah, unbelievably, yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: for me, it is it's between um, Tar and Banshees, but my vote would be for Tar. Who do you yeah, think um, is going to win, though?
1: Well, just you know, we we kind of brushed over everything everywhere, and I just want to say. Um, I think part of the thing for for me with with everything everywhere, is the same thing that you said, well, the same thing that I said about Elvis's cinematography, which is I think that everything everywhere actually has a really really good screenplay, mm. but I'm when I watch it I'm so busy thinking about how good the directing is that I'm yeah. not thinking about how good the screenplay is. Yeah,
0: I know, what and you the mean.
1: screenplay has some. Really nice moments, you know, the, the constantly quoted, um, blah, 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 with you. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, that moment is very well written. The the rock scene that the yeah. went all over the internet, uh, the, the kind of emotional climax in film, all everything that even the, you know, the, the, the stupid jokes are very, very funny, stupid jokes. Um, I think it's a really good screenplay and I think it realistically probably will win this.
0: I agree. I do think that everything every All at Once will win this. I do think, as I said, Tar should win, but I do think there's a chance Banshees wins. Um I yeah,
1: yeah, yeah I think I definitely think there's a chance. Though.
0: I think um again, like I said, Martin McDonough has won an Oscar but not for writing. And I think it's it's baffling that he hasn't won for writing. And I think maybe a lot of Oscar voters will feel that same way. They've seen his name in this category a lot before. Um and I feel like maybe they'll think it's time we give him his you know, flowers. He deserves this now. Um, but I do think everything ever all at once will win. And um yeah, so that's what I think will happen.
1: Sure. Okay, moving on to adapted screenplay. Uh, I have only seen three of these films, which is poor. Um, all quite the... Edward Berger. Oh god, there's loads of people for each one of those. Okay, I'm just going to read out the films. All quite in the western fun. <laughs> Last Angel and Lives Out Mystery, Living, Top Gun Maverick, and Woman Talking. Now, I actually, you know, I feel bad to keep going on and on and on, but I think you know it needs. I need to say it while it's here. I think Top Gun Maverick getting a screenplay nomination is the worst nomination of this year's Oscars.
0: I agree as well. It's a horrible nomination. Its screenplay is barely adequate because it's
1: shocking. Even people that like. Even people that are defenders, or not defenders, because there's no, you know it's, it's a very small army that's against yeah. them. um And you're probably the—I don't know if anyone, has, anyone knows what Lewis looks like. but I'll probably say you're the least uh, terrifying man I've ever met in my life. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah. yes, there's no—I think Top Gun's biggest fans wouldn't even admit that the strength of the film does not come from its—it's its wonderful, you know. Elegant Shakespearean writing. It comes from you know the fact that you know yeah it's shot well or top or, or Tom Cruise is great or the music's good or whatever visual effects. Or whatever. Is anyone is anyone out there saying wow Top Gun's you know just so beautifully <laughs> written? Now there's a really good written scene when the, the scene with Val Kilmer, which is yeah. a great scene, Really good scene overall. Really well written. Really well acted. Very emotional. I think it's an amazing scene. Yeah. Right, I think it's one of the better scenes of the year, not one of the best, but one of the better scenes of the year. Um, outside of that, does it really have any notable moments of of, of interesting dialogue or or narrative? You
0: know, no. It's just
1: fascinating. fascinating. Even
0: even putting myself in the mind of someone who loves Top Gun, it it's not it's you don't the screenplay isn't the thing that's great about
1: it. So I'm baffled yeah. by this. Baffled. Yeah. Yeah. So, The Whale didn't get nominated. She Said didn't get nominated. Um, Bones and All didn't get nominated. Um, The Woman King didn't get nominated. But, Top Gun Maverick did. Travesty. Travesty. Um, I haven't seen two of these films. You've seen all of them. I have. Talk to me about, talk to me about but the, the film in general, we haven't discussed it much. Just give me a little reminder of your thoughts on Living and, and whether you think the screenplay deserves to be here.
0: Living is a film that confuses me because when I watched it, I kind of thought, yeah, okay, it's good. Move on. It's not special, nothing special about it. It's just that it's a good film. But when I think about everything individually, it's almost like... Everything individually when I think about it is fabulous. But when you put it all together, it just didn't work for me. I didn't love it. Um, so when I act, when I think about it separate from the film itself, the screenplay is fabulous. It's a really, really well written screenplay. It's a very melancholic screenplay, um, about life and about, you know, coming to the end of your life and feeling like you've wasted it and wanting to, you know, enjoy what time you have left and leave something for the people that will be here once you've gone um it's a really beautiful screenplay but when you know it's it's like the opposite of it's greater than the sum of its parts like all of the individual parts are magnificent but for some weird reason when i watched it i just didn't love it when it all came together um but it is a great screenplay when i think about it in a vacuum so yeah
1: yeah, I um I felt the same way about Power of the Dog really. Um mm. which obviously was the, the forerunner until the very end last year's best picture winner uh, best picture race and then it got hit to the post by a fucking Coda. Anyway. <laughs> That's two versions um, now. Yep. <laughs> uh the Power of the Dog, you know, exceptional um cinematography, wonderful editing, great, great, great score. Like all the performances, I think Bendy did was was probably the second best performance out of the five. Um, yeah, everything was great. Direction was great. Screenplay was great. Everything was great. But I didn't really enjoy the film. You know, I just yeah. sat through it and I was like, yep, yeah, this is all very good. I appreciate It's all very good. But this is just a very average, okay film. Um, yeah. I know you you, you love How the Dog. Yeah. But I can understand how you feel about living in that respect. Um, yeah, okay. Nice. Um, I actually... I think this is this is one of the weaker. You know, I've only seen three of the films. I think that 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 two of the screenplays out of the three I've seen are are not worthy of nominations, and I think that the other one is is, is just good. Um, I don't think Glass Onion deserves a nomination here, especially because you know it's an it's in that screenplay which is a sequel, and it's a sequel to a film with an amazing amazing screenplay that didn't get nominated. It did. Get this a is waited. a screenplay which oh, it did. I believe so. Yeah. That's okay. Okay, I was under the impression that I was up that was at the moment. Anyway, um, it's a sequel to a film with a far better screenplay. Um, I think Gar in, you know, the, mi- you know, I, I love the, I love Ryan Johnson. I love his directing style. I, I love Edward Norton. Um, but realistically, the mystery was not that mysterious mm. and the jokes were not half as funny as I thought they'd be, you know, expected going into the film. Um, and it, as a comedy mystery film, it kind of didn't fail. It certainly didn't fail, but s- just kind of slightly underperformed in both those aspects. And, and for that reason, I, I really don't think that I would be rewarding that with a nomination myself. Now, there's an amazing twist in it, you know, yeah. but the main mystery is not intriguing enough for me. Um, I mean, again, I'm not I'm not offended by the nomination; like it's fine. But yeah, I'm, I'm not a massive fan myself.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree. It's a it's a it's a good screenplay. It's not one of the five best of the year, I don't think. Um and I kind of feel the same way about All Quiet on the Western Front. It's not to me it's it doesn't it's not got a great screenplay. It's not got an Oscar-worthy screenplay. Um so yeah, I'm I'm underwhelmed by that screenplay nomination as well. How do you feel about All Quiet on the Western Front getting a nomination?
1: I think a Quiet Restaurant has a very good screenplay. Um, I, I thought, it, I, I, I think, you know, it, it's the, the best of the five here. I, I'm sorry, best of the three here. It would be fair for me to compare living or, or yeah. women talking. Um, it, it's definitely the best of the three. Uh, yeah, I think it's got a strong screenplay. Uh, is it good? Would it be good enough to get into the adapted screenplay lineup? Definitely not. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it's good. I think it is good. I think especially the stuff with, um, the, the kind of B plot with Daniel Brawl's character and such, I think that's very very well written. I yeah, think that's true. Um, you know, the, you know, the, just through you know the 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 way that um, the character Paul acts and it, 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 you know is depicted through uh, as time progresses and his kind of tr- growing trauma, I think is very well written. I think he you know his dialogue reflects that. Um, is it amazing? No. It's not amazing. It? But I also don't imagine I don't I wouldn't also expect this to win. I imagine the winner will probably be women talking, right? Uh
0: I think so. That is what I would guess as well. Um and And how do you feel about that? More than deserving. More than deserving. Women talking should be walking away easily with this. It's one of the it's one of the best screenplays this year, certainly. Um it's it's such a well written screenplay. It's I don't really want to get into my thoughts on women talking as a whole, because we might be watching it on Sunday and I don't want you to know exactly how I feel, but the screenplay is absolutely incredible. You have, you know, the film is about a group of women (laughs) talking for two hours. They have a decision to make and it's just a group of women debating the pros and cons of whichever decision they choose. And it's, 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 fantastic it's a devastating screenplay it's a fantastic screenplay easily the best in this category it's head and shoulders above the rest and um it should be winning and i do think it will 12 angry women <laughs> there might be 12 of them as well
1: really yeah 12 um, angry women <laughs> nice and then we should and then yeah okay um I'm not exactly sure what we should talk about next. Let's go for let's talk about sound, shall we? I don't want to go too long on these technical categories now, yeah. um, but I just want to quickly go through them. Um, the Batman picked up two nominations, um, yeah. which you know, ultimately, I would like to have seen a world in which it, it kind of um, broke into the to the big ones with with uh, nominations to cinematography and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am also ultimately happy just to see it there. Um, I love the Batman. I think it's one of the best films of the year. I stand by that. Mm. Um, seeing it, you know, I think it was weirdly. I don't think the, the visual effects are one of the things that stand out from from that film. It's yeah, got a nomination, there, and it has got nomination for the best sound, uh, and the sound is notably good. It is um, the sound
0: is excellent.
1: Alongside, all quite on the Western front: Avatar: The Way of Water, uh, Elvis, and Top Gun: Maverick. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean re- you know, not having Nope in there is yes. ridiculous. Didn't and even I get think shortlisted even that...
0: for sound. Insane decision. Yeah. And Tar as well. Yeah, and I know
1: you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, Tar. Um Yeah, I mean did Tar get shortlisted? Um no it didn't. I don't think. Yeah. Crazy uh, decision. I I I don't have any idea on on. Let me look at the, the betting the odds. I think
0: Top Gun Maverick is the favourite to win this.
1: Top Gun Maverick is the is the favourite, and yeah. in all quite the most front is in second. Yeah, uh, not really surprised. If you had Oscar me, where would you go for here?
0: Um, oh, either the Batman or Elvis. I don't know which one. You think that
1: sentence has been said before? Either the Batman <laughs> or Elvis.
0: I don't you know that what, is a an old like, sentence.
1: You're you're shopping for your school child's lunchbox in the mid <laughs> <Ud> sixties. <60s. laughs>
0: yes, the Batman or Elvis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I, think, I, think I would lean towards... the mum
1: would go, Why are you saying the Batman? <laughs> I
0: know yeah. I think I would lean towards
1: the Batman, to be honest. Um But yeah. What about you? Um I think I'd, I'd go for All Kind on the Western Front. Um, yeah,
0: explosions and stuff. Yeah, they always do well in this category. E-
1: explosions and stuff. Yeah. Let's get, yeah. You're a bitter, miserable man. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, shockingly, though, design. shockingly, this will shock the world. I would not be offended if Top Gun Maverick wins. I do think it has quite good sound. I do. Wouldn't vote for it myself. But the sound is one of the few aspects of Top Gun Maverick that is great.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there, there's a kind of Suicide Squad makeup yeah. kind of thing here, which is undoubtedly makeup is quite good in, in Suicide Squad. Yeah. But then also, like, I would just be pissed off to see it win anything. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. I don't yeah. want it to win uh, because we would have to say that Top Gun Maverick is an Oscar-winning film, and I I dread that.
1: But, yeah, um, it's going to happen. It's a ne- that is inevitable. Like, know, it's like sad. there's n- absolutely no chance in the world that Top Gun doesn't win something. Like, obviously, I know, it's probably two or three things. It's horrible. Don't say that. Why did it not come out the same year as June? And June, I know. All this I'm hoping and
0: praying that Avatar is like steals its technical categories because Avatar is going to win visual effects, obviously. So I'm hoping
1: that the it question steals... is Avatar. Is Avatar going to win production design, which we're talking about now? Uh, alongside all caught on the western front babylon elvis and the fablemans um so babylon has a nomination here babylon did not do so well at it the does. oscars but in a similar vein to elvis i'm kind of happy to see it there yeah it's got excellent Because i'm happy to see it. oh yeah that is understandable um, i mean the film itself is it deserves to have a lot more love than it's receiving um But yeah, uh, I'm just happy to see it it here, really. Um, And I think it has a very good show. I think it has a genuine show of winning it, to be fair.
0: I I, I agree with that as well. I think um, I can see, you know, it's very in-your-face production design. 1920s Hollywood, that's what the Oscars love. I think it might be the favourite. I don't know. I don't know what the chances are. I haven't been following it this year. But I would guess it's the favourite because it's exactly the type of thing that they, they go for all the
1: time. Um, I think the fact that Fabermans is got a nomination here is pretty ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it is weird. But I don't,
1: I don't hate the Fabermans. I really don't hate the Fabermans. I think it's pretty good. And I, I think that, um, I, I you know, there's a lot of things about the Fabermans I do enjoy. Is the screenplay, uh, screenplay, is the production design really that noticeable? I mean, like, okay, he makes some like cool sets because he's like making films and stuff. But otherwise, it, it's kind of mainly just set in like houses. You know? Yeah, it's just suburban it,
0: it, suburban settings.
1: Yeah, and it it's not even like, oh, it's this amazing fifties retro futuristic, like, oh like, you know, um I thought filming fucking Matt Damon, so you know, like it's not like it's like fifty like proper fifty stylized. Yeah. It's just kind of pretty pretty normal America really. Um seeing that takeaway spots from Everything Everywhere or The Batman or Even Black Panther, which has very good production design. I think Black Panther Um, won one production design
0: as well, so it's crazy that it's not even nominated here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Avatar's nomination is strange because it makes you kind of question what, what counts as production design.
0: Well, I think one thing as well, the reason it's nominated here, is I think a lot of people don't realise how much was real. Because the VFX are so good, you just kind of assume that everything is VFX. But they built a lot of real sets.
1: Yeah, they actually built a whole blue planet.
0: (laughs) No, but I I think that is something that, that confuses people with Avatar. Because the VFX are so, so good, you just assume that everything is VFX. When in reality there were a lot of physical real sets that they were in. You know, the, the houses that kind of were, you know, that the sea the people live in, they were real. And the nets that they walked across, they were real. They built those. Um, and that, like the, the utensils that Neutiri uses to cut up food, that's real. She had that. Um, but because it's so well blended with the obviously VFX and RV, you just kind of assume that everything is VFX. So I think it's great that it's got a, a, a nomination here.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess for me, it's just maybe because I'm just dumb, but I do find it harder <laughs> to. I find it hard to work out what each second time is what isn't
0: Yeah, well, um, I only know because I've watched behind-the-scenes clips. I didn't. I didn't think. Oh, I can tell that's real.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is itself a, a massive compliment. Yeah, uh, to both the effects team and the and the second sign team. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way about uh Elvis and all Quiet on the Western Front, which is that I think it has they both have a very good protection design. I would not be offended by them, but oh I really don't think it is Babylon. And
0: Yeah, yeah I favour Elvis over All Quiet on the Western Front, all Quiet on the Western Front, it's just fields, muddy fields that have been done every single time there's been a war film. So um I don't want that. I'd be offended if that won. Uh, grow up, man. <laughs> well Elvis um, is great. I have a I'm good segue. Reading. If you want a segue, I have a good okay. kind of segue. Speaking of categories that Black Panther won the first time and is nominated in this time, costume design. Not
1: nominated
0: in It's not nominated in production design, but it is nominated for costume design.
1: Oh, I see. Um, yes, it is. Yes, is. Mrs. Harris Goes far. to
0: Paris. Yes, Let's I've go. not
1: seen
0: it. You haven't, but it's great.
1: Uh, I have been to Paris then. I've been to yeah. Paris on three occasions. Um, yes, Babylon, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Elvis, Everything Ever All at Once, and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Yes. Controversially, I'm I'm predicting Spencer to win this.
0: Oh, don't. That makes me sad. Yeah. Jenny Beaven won, picking... won Best Costume Design last year for Cruella. And she's oh, really? nominated again for um, Mrs.
1: Harris Goes to Paris. Yes. Um I uh I think Everything Everywhere All at Once is a slightly strange nomination.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think there are a lot of costumes, yeah. because there are a lot of different versions of each character, so there are a lot of costumes, so for that reason it's in here.
1: But yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's not like in the same ballpark as like the Woman King for me, which didn't get nominated. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah. Um, I saw some of the black panther we Can forever um costumes in person recently. Did you? Um yeah, uh uh, uh what's it called? Um uh science museum exhibition thing cool, about nice. um yeah, about um sci-fi history sci-fi and they had a few um I don't know if, if it, I think some of them were replicas and some of them were were the real things, I think. Um Black Panther: Wakanda Forever has exceptional costumes. Uh, it does. I really, really like them, and I think I go as far as saying I actually, I actually think I, I'm, I'm backing that one on this. I think, especially the the kind of regal outfits they've worn early on, especially in the um, funeral scenes. And stuff. Yeah, they are excellent. Um, yeah, I think I think I I'm I'll, I'll, I'll back it on the back it.
0: I I will be backing. I think Elvis over Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, but Wakanda Forever is a very close second. Um but for me Yeah.
1: I think Elvis, Elvis will win. I think Elvis will win.
0: I, I think Elvis will win as well, but I wouldn't be shocked if Black Panther won.
1: Fair enough. Okay, let's uh let's talk about something interesting. Let's go to oh, wow. let's go to Yeah. Let's talk about and I mean all disrespect. Um <laughs> as much disrespect as I can <laughs> to costume signs and the world. I like to, the National Podcast and yeah, not Friends of Costume Design. Um <laughs> Let's talk about best actress. Oh, Probably jumping woman. straight to there. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to some, some other stuff. We'll okay. do it was the actress, actor, go back to some more technical stuff, and then we'll do director, picture. Okay. Okay. Best actress. I've seen three of these, which is poor for such a massive category. It is. I've seen four. Yes. So neither of us have seen Till Leslie, which Andrea Riceborough is on it for Till Leslie, Kate Blanchett. Tar, Anna de Armas, Blonde, Michelle Williams, The Failmans, and Michelle Yo for everything, everywhere, all at once. So Anna de Armas and Michelle Williams are nominated. They're realistically not in the race. The other three yeah. are in the race.
0: Are um, they? Are they? <laughs> Do you know something I don't about Andrea Riseborough?
1: Yeah, no. I think that's still. A, I think that's a very real possibility. <laughs> a genu- I think that's a very real possibility. Do you wow. not? I actually no. really do think that.
0: Oh, I'll be, I'm yeah, surprised I think, that you think that.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think she's going to win it, but I think she might get the second most votes. Wow. Um, yeah. The, the grassroots campaign thing that she did to get her into this, this five uh, and the way it was done. I, I think that that might go one step further. And Ow. As far, I haven't seen To Leslie. You haven't seen To Leslie. But everyone that did see To Leslie, which is five people, all said that <laughs> she was absolutely exceptional. I, did, I have so, to say,
0: disclaimer, I watched the first like half hour of To Leslie, and I stopped watching it, not because I got bored or because it was bad or anything. I just got distracted, and I've never gone back to it. In that half hour, Andrea Riseborough, she was great. It's a great performance. Not groundbreaking, but it's it, it was good what I saw, but I was only the first 30 minutes, so... I can't talk on that.
1: Under the Armour and Blonde. Now, I obviously have not seen Blonde. You hated the film. I also think that a lot of people seemed to dislike the film, admit the, 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 the lack of quality there, but also come with kind of a caveat of Under Armour, however, is great. The same way as Andrew Day did in, uh, in the same thing as Andrew Day in, in This Is Being whole Holiday, where everyone... Acknowledged the film sucked ass, but kind of said she was great. I think you are. You have gone as far to say that you don't think Anna de Armas is that good anyway. No,
0: I I think think Anna de Armas is bad. I I think Anna de Armas is very bad. I don't think it's her fault though. We know Anna de Armas is a great actress, so it's not like you know. I'm saying she's a bad actress. It's not her fault, but she. This is a bad performance, and it again. It's because of the direction in the screenplay. She's given nothing to do other than be hysterically upset. That's it. It's a, it, After about 20 minutes of it, it gets very repetitive. It's a very one-note performance. She does hysterically upset very well, but that's all she does. And it gets very tiring, very one-note. It's not a versatile performance. She's not doing anything other than screaming, you know, lying on the floor naked, screaming for daddy. While sobbing, and that's not an exaggeration. There are several scenes where she does that. It's a, it's a, it's a horrible film, and it's a bad performance. She's not good in it. I'm baffled by people saying she's great in it. Because, it, like you said, even people who hate the film are saying, but Anadarmus was good. I, I, I'm baffled by that. Because it's one note all the way through. It's the same thing over and over again. There's, you know, it's, it's very boring, dull, one note, baffled by the love for this performance.
1: I feel the about Michelle Williams. I really, I, I said it earlier. I really don't see the, the hype around it. I think Michelle Williams is is below average in this film, uh, in, in the moments, And I think, uh, you know, there are times where I think you're supposed to be sympathetic towards her character, and I think due to the fact that the performance is is, is below average, I don't think that I ended up feeling the emotion I'm supposed to feel. I think there are times where you're supposed to be annoyed towards her character, and because the performance is below average, that isn't necessarily how I feel. And I think, in general, I just think that that I, I I think, yeah, I think that Michelle Williams is a great actor. Um, I think I think this is just a, it's, I think this is just a bad at uh, the office. Unfortunately, uh, for, on my part, the, the Oscar nominate uh, people that, that that nominate things. The Oscars, uh, the Academy do not feel the same way. Fair enough. So let's talk about the big one. Let's talk about the big one. The big. Let's ones, talk about Blanche yeah. versus Yo. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a this controversial is, uh, this, opinion on this. Yeah, you love absolutely love Tar, which is a film which is kind of very strongly revolving around the performance yeah. of Kate Blanchett. Yet you still think that Yo's better? I
0: think I think that Tar should be winning every award it's nominated for and more, except for actress. I think Michelle Yeo is better than Kate Blanchett. When I when I you know, I watched Everything Everywhere All at Once ages ago. Um, and I was kind of hyping up Tar. Everyone saying Cate Blanchett is so so good in Tar that I was expecting a performance that would be like, "Oh yeah, obviously she's just so much better." You know, I love Michelle Yeoh and I want her to win, but Cate Blanchett, obviously, she's so much better. And I watched Tar, and Cate Blanchett's amazing, incredible. Any other year, yes, give her the Oscar, but I genuinely think Michelle Yeoh is is, is better. I think she does more. She has more to do. Um, and I think, I, I do. I, I think it's a better performance. I mean, if Kate Blanchett wins, I'm not going to be pissed, but I, d- I do think Michelle, it, it's not, okay, pissed off. <laughs> you know, it's not by much. It's not like Michelle Yeoh's a 10 and Kate Blanchett's a 7. It, they're both 10 out of 10 performances, but for me, Michelle Yeoh just is like a 10.2. She's just a little bit better. Not much, but just a little bit
1: better. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I think uh, for for me, it, it I think Michelle Yeoh is is really good. I think Michelle Yeoh is excellent. I uh, I think she is probably yeah she is the best performance in that film. But I think Blanchett is amazing. I think she's just so good. Uh, I don't think. You know, you know, I'm not going to start giving superlatives like I did, uh, about last year's, uh, you know, deserving winner. Um, but I'm going to give her some superlatives. She's absolutely mesmerizing. I think, you know, part of the thing is, you know, there's an advantage to the fact that this film is all about her. It's all about her. It's all about her. It's all about her, all about her character, but it's all about her performance. And every single scene is focused on Tara. Of course, everything everywhere is is shot, you know, through the perspective, um, of her character of um Evelyn, but the film is is more of an ensemble piece. it's more about the family it's more about the events it's less so directly focused exclusively on evelyn yeah uh, like it is that is about So I think of there's kind of un, a kind of uh uneven playing field, but unfortunately that's just kind of how the world how, how life goes and I think you know I came out of everything everywhere saying that was amazing. But I came out of Tar saying Kate Blanchett was amazing, you know yeah. I, and, yeah. and I said it you know, I said it in the review yesterday the f- that everything i positive I want to say about Tar comes after me saying Kate Blanchett was amazing, you know she is the standout there, and um yeah I, I know it helps that she has a wonderful screenplay, but she is so she she, she is so good at at being it's a very nuanced character yeah. she's so good at, at being manipulative she's so good at being yeah. bitchy she's so good at putting on that fake face um there's a point in the film late on i'm not going to spoil it but she's very obviously outwardly lying towards her partner and i remember watching it and thinking that she just she said a couple lines i think that was i thought that's so good because she's lying really well, but you can, but it's also, she's so clearly, it's a, an amazing depiction of a good liar. It's obviously a lie, and she says it like it's a lie, but it's done for a way that also seems convincing at the same time. It's just like, just small little intricacies about it. She's so good at being multifaceted, and being essentially real. You know, Lilia Tár. People think it's a real character, not just because the screenplay is great, but because she feels like an actual real human being that you get to yeah. know. And it's done not only because you get to spend so much time there, because you can't, can't keep your eyes off how amazing Kate Blanchett's performance is. So for me, it, it, it Michelle Yeoh puts up a very good fight and you know, I'd love to see her win an Oscar. I'd like to see Michelle Yeoh win an Oscar more than I'd like to see Kate Blanchett win one. However, I think Kate Blanchett's performance is definitely better in my mind. I always-
0: it's strange because I agree with literally everything you said. I just think Michelle yours that little bit better. And it's, uh, it's interesting to have that divide. No, I'm divide. not
1: offended by that. I'm not offended by that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not offended um, by you
0: thinking Blanchett's better because she is incredible. You know, it's an interesting divide that we have.
1: And the answer
0: is, who knows who wins? I know this is a real two-horse race. Andrea Reisber might win.
1: <laughs> Andrea Reisber, I do think there's a chance. Way, it
0: would be the that, funniest thing in the world if Andrea risborough
1: won yeah if michelle williams wins um <laughs> well, i'm not doing the podcast again yeah um
0: but yeah it's <laughs> a very two horse race um and i, I don't know who's going to get it in wins, the end. you're not doing the podcast again <laughs> yes that's true it is going into it. Um, I mean, look, look at who's got what. Blanchett's got the BAFTA. Michelle Yeoh's got the SAG. They both won a Golden Globe. Um, it, it's it's very split. It's very, Michelle Yeoh won the Indie Spirit, which um, kind of gives what? her the edge, I suppose. But who knows?
1: I'm going to count out of the publication I actually am going to get for Christian Steele expensive. <laughs> um.
0: They it's they annoying that I made that, that
1: joke a second ago because I was planning to make that joke from the start. <laughs> so it's annoying I already used the Spencer thing. Um, yeah, I I am going to go for Yo. I think Yo's going to win. That's my prediction. I'm not certain about that because who fucking knows? Yeah. But if I'm going to put money in it as a bet, as a gambling man, I'm going to put my money on Yo.
0: Yeah, I think I would as well. But who knows?
1: Again, I I I, I think that the tar is a performance that. That, that deserves to be awarded more, but I will be a much happier man to see Michelle Yeoh holding Oscar because she deserves it so much. Yeah. Um, I agree. Now, best actor, which is stacked. It stacked. is. Stacked. Um, Austin Butler, Elvis. Colin Farrell, The Banshees of Inner Sharing. Brendan Fraser, The Whale. Paul Mescal, After Sun. And Bill Nye, Living. I haven't seen living as we have previously established, but I've seen the other films. Yeah. Now, another two horse race: Austin Butler versus Brendan Fraser. That's that's been Farrell's the in conversation there as well. since. Yeah, I mean, yeah, less so, but well, like... he's still in there. Yeah, he's still in there. Um, I it's a two horse race. I-, I I think that's fair to say, and it's been a two horse race since months before the Oscars, I think it's pretty much as soon as Elvis came out, people were talking about the fact that Brendan Fraser is going to be his own, his big competitor. Yeah. However, however, this is, uh, a kind of pointless conversation for me because I, I was giving some amazing praise to Austin Butler, which is all deserved because he's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen the whale, um, either. So, yeah. Um, I was giving a lot of praise to Austin Butler. And I think I remember said, you know, this is kind of, um, just kind of one st- very close to one step below, you know, how great Chris she and Spencer? It's that kind of level of performance in, in that yeah. kind of that general ballpark. Um, I'm now a few months down the line saying, I don't think it's their performance there. I think Paul Meskow is fucking amazing in after Sun, and though he has no chance and he's not involved in the two horse race, um, I think he he's my. He would definitely be my vote. I think Paul Mescal. Um, you know it, it's it's a you know he his character he plays the, plays the dad and off son and the almost all of his dialogue, almost all of his interaction with you know arguably the main character, his daughter, is done in in a very positive, jovial, holiday sense, and it's what he does when he in the, the kind of short cuts and short scenes to him on his own that don't even have any dialogue that really give you the full story and transform this from like, uh, essentially, a, a you know, you watching an hour and a half holiday compilation to being one of the most emotionally devastating films, uh, you've going to see in a long time. Um, I think Paul Escal I think Frankie, if Frank, if Paul Westgow gets nominated, Frankie Corio should also have got nominated. I you know. I feel that quite strongly. I think that she, she, oh, I did, I forgot to talk about her earlier. I think she's amazing. I think she deserves it. I'd, I'd like to take Jamie Lee Curtis out realistically or Angela Massett out for, for her. Um, yeah. I or agree. arguably even actress, you know, you could make an argument that she's the, yeah. um, take out, take Michelle, out Williams. Michelle Williams or Anna yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, but that being said in, in regards to this conversation for me, for my um, it's the best performance, um, I think I think I might go as far as saying it, it's the best performance of the year of anyone. Wow. I,
0: <laughs> I, I agree. I think Paul Mascal is incredible in Aftersun. And I remember saying the same thing about Austin Butler and Elvis as you. We both loved it. Um, it. I'm not quite as clear-cut as you with preferring Paul Mascal over Austin Butler. I don't know which one I prefer. I think they're both on the same level. Um... I so I'm not sure which one I would go for on the ballot if I were voting. Um but it would be between them. Um so yeah. I don't know which one I'd go for, but it would be one of those two. Or would it? Yeah. Because I've seen the What do you think of Brendan Fraser haven't.
1: in a while?
0: I yeah, would love... About Fraser. I would love to see Brendan Fraser win an Oscar. His his trajectory you know being blacklisted for like a decade and a half, I would love to see him win an Oscar. However, I think he's really bad in the whale
1: <laughs> really
0: yeah i I don't think his performance is good. I really don't I think it's bad i think it's the whale as a whole is a bad film. it's overacted wow. by everyone other than Hong Chow. Hong Chow is the only good performance. In the whale, um, Brendan Fraser—it's overacted, poorly written. Um, so yeah, I don't like the whale, and I don't think Brendan Fraser deserves to be in this category. But I would love to see him win an Oscar anyway <laughs> because I love Brendan Fraser.
1: There, there aren't really many uh, like snubs in an actor that are like realistic. Like well, obviously, I'd love to see like Kaluuya on it, but it was mm. never going to happen. Yeah, um, we missed—we didn't talk about snubs in actress because which is. You know, I'm going to quickly go back to yes, it because that is there's true. a couple actually. The, there's like three of the biggest snubs the snub of in the interest.
0: year.
1: Yeah, Daniel Deadweiler not getting nominated for Till, Viola Davis not getting nominated for the Woman King, and Olivia Coleman not getting nominated for Emperor Light. All of which were in the conversation. I think you might laugh at the last one, but I think you know Olivia Coleman, the the award, the 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 Academy love her. Yeah, I'm so surprised. I wouldn't have been at all surprised. And it, it is quite a strong performance. Um, but yeah, Daniel Deadwiler, I think, is the, the, the biggest talking point. Yep. You've seen Till. So. I
0: have. It's the snub of the year. Danielle Deadwyler should be in the conversation for winning Best Actress. She is incredible in Till. And it's horrendous that she's not even nominated. Absolutely horrendous. Especially to say that in 95 years of the Oscars, only one black woman has ever won Best Actress. The fact that they didn't even Mad. nominate... Danielle Edwiler for this film is disgusting. It's horrific. It's one of the biggest snubs in recent memory. It's the biggest snub I can think of. It's up there with Villeneuve for director. It's shocking that she is not nominated in this,
1: oh God, I can't in don't this category. Me, fucking
0: Villeneuve <laughs> it's, um, it's a travesty that she is not nominated for best actress. She should be in the conversation for winning it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I love how there is I don't think she's the best performance in The Woman King, but I love yeah. The Woman King, and I love Islander, so I would like to see her in there. But I also, I think it's fair that she isn't.
0: Yeah, um, I think Thuzo Mbedo should be
1: nominated for The Woman King, personally. I agree. Um, anyway, going back to actor, yeah. Um So, you you don't think praise is very good. No. You do think Butler's very good. It's not as up for you. Again, I feel that like Farrow is kind of the other one out here, because, you know, I think he is great but he isn't as good as Mescal. I think he, you know, he is loved, but he hasn't got a chance of winning over the the, the main two. So he's just kind of in there. Um, yeah. But out of the two, as much you know, whatever your personal opinions are, uh, I would, it, as I would, again, it, it, I think there is a, a genuine possibility of having them win. I don't think this is a foregone conclusion at all. Yeah, I still agree. think it's, it's very much a two race, but. I see Austin Butler picking up. He's amazing in Elvis. He absolutely transforms. Um, And it's got to the point, the same thing has happened with Austin Butler as happened with Paul Dano. I cannot listen to The Beach Boys without imagining that it's Paul Dano now. (laughs) But every time I hear it, I think it's Paul Dano because I watch Love and Mercy. Every time I hear Elvis or listen to Elvis, my brain just associates it with Austin Butler. He completely transforms. And everyone took the piss out of him, keeping the accent. Um, (laughs) But I think it's kind of cute um
0: yeah it's funny. yeah he's
1: amazing he's absolutely amazing yeah and especially seeing him in, in the 70s uh, is yeah. unbelievably uh, close it's fabulous
0: bill Nye, by the way again same thing i said about yeah. the screenplay when i think about it in isolation it's an unbelievable performance but for some reason i just didn't love it when i was watching it but when i think about it separately it's fabulous mm-hmm.
1: um so yeah I'm really, really happy that I live in a world where Tom Cruise is the little most. You know, I know. Grand boy. I'm so happy. So I I was certain of that as well. I was like, I would put a put, a, put money <laughs> on that.
0: I think um, I'm glad that Paul Mescal is here because if Paul Mescal wasn't, Tom Cruise
1: would be. Yes, 100%. Also, Paul Mescal is Paul Mescal. Yeah. Um Okay. Okay. Um, let's just quickly go through a couple of the last ones without, before we get to the thing. Um, I haven't seen any of the international features except for all quite less than fun. Um, you have seen Decision to leave. It's not nominated though. Um, it's
0: Oh Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did see it.
1: Yeah. Quite girl. Got an over it.
0: Yeah. It, I did see it. It deserves a slew of nominations, not just international feature film. um, but uh, it's not, which is terrible. And I, I, I have also only seen *All Quiet on the Western Front*. Although I'll, I'll be going to see *Close* tomorrow, probably.
1: Um, *All Quiet on the Western Front* is obviously going to win it. It's, it's, yeah, as it's the it's when you when arguably, you get nominated for
0: best picture and best international film, automatically you win international film. That's just
1: how it works. Yeah, it's the same percentage likely of winning that *Avatar* is of winning visual effects. Yeah. Um, yeah, I consider us, us us covering both those categories. Yeah, we're quite sure honest; one it, and Avatar's one visual effects. There's no, there's no point even wasting our, our effort on that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, is there any? Is there any uh, animated features? Well, animated feature. Um. Oh yes. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, the Shell with shoes on, Pussy Boots, The Last Witch, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. Uh, I have seen zero. Of these films, wow!
0: I've Shame on you because you hate animation. That is,
1: this is embarrassing. You yes, clearly apparently. hate I animation. Am apps, I watched all five last year. <laughs> yeah. I really, really am interested in watching my the Show with Shoes on." I think it looks amazing. I watched all the shorts. I just haven't got around to watching it. it only just came out in England hmm. uh, about a week ago. So yeah, and I just I just haven't got around to it. But you have seen four out of uh, out of five. I have. Um, what's your favorite? And what do you think is going to win?
0: Um, I have only seen the sea CB- I have only not seen the sea beast. I've seen all of the others. And my favorite, I, I very much enjoyed Marcel the Shell the was On. It's really, really good. Um, but my vote would be for Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. It's really fabulous. It's very beautifully animated. It's very well written, very well voice acted. It's, it's very, very good. I, I enjoyed Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio a lot, but not as much as Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Um, however, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio will win. I'm almost sure of it.
1: I'm actually going to—I'm actually going to say that I think um, Disney's Strange World is going to win. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to talk about, or should we go? I would—I would, quite, I would quite like
0: to um, take a second to talk about best score. Sure. Uh, we've got all quite on the Western front. Babylon, the Banshees of Inisherin everything everywhere all at once and the fablemans i don't know about you but i don't remember the score for everything everywhere all at once yeah i do it's very good do you i don't remember it i'm i might have to uh i have been wanting to rewatch everything everywhere all at once anyway um but i don't remember it me too yeah so i'm shocked that it's here because i don't remember it the fablemans is only here because it's john williams and it's steven spielberg it's a good score but for me it's not one of the best five of the year it's not better than avatar it's not better than black panther 2 um yeah i'm shocked that it's here um uh,
1: i'd like to quickly come in to say um john williams is the oldest uh, ever oscar nominee
0: oh that's nice congratulations John 90 williams. years old i think wow um the banshee's of area we spoke about yesterday has a great score um all quite on the western front we also spoke about yesterday it has a good score Um, But for me, the clear winner of this category by a mile is Babylon, which has one of the best scores ever. I have been listening to it non-stop since I saw it. Voodoo Mama is one of the best pieces of film music ever written. It's fabulous. It's incredible. It should be winning easily. What do
1: you think? Uh, I don't listen to film music in my spare time because I'm not a massive virgin. (laughs) Um, I do. Yeah, I, I do. I think Babylon... Not only will win, I think it will win, mm. but also is, is the, uh, is for me the, the clear favourite. Yeah. yeah. My clear favourite. It's, it's, uh, it's an exceptional score. Um, I think everywhere, everything, everything everywhere all at once is great as well. Um, I think probably would be second if not Banshees. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, for me, Babylon, Babylon. I came out, of, you know, one of the first things I thought when I walked that scene cinema was, wow, that sounded amazing. Yeah. So um yeah, I I'm a big fan. And the the ending, the last like ten minutes, like the 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 kind of the the um what's it called? Like the montage ending. Yeah. Uh, the music kind of getting louder and louder over that. Oh, oh it's good. good. It's so good. Um, yeah. Okay.
0: Director, is it time Best for director? director?
1: Yes. Martin McDonough for the Banshees of Inner Sharing, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Steven Spielberg for the Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar and Ruben Ostlund for Triangle of Sadness. Are you surprised at the inclusion of Ruben Ostlund, or do you think that, that you know he? Well, I think it's actually not that I'm surprised about him. Are you? Are you kind of more more sad about someone not making it in there?
0: Um, yeah, to be honest, I mean Ruben Ostlund. It, it's it's a very well directed film. It's a very good film. I mean, it won the Palm d'Or, so obviously it it's very good, but. um, so, I am surprised though. I think there are several people I would put in this category instead of Ruben Osland. I would also take out Steven Spielberg controversially. I, I would take out Spielberg and Osland yeah, personally. One. The Fablemans is very well directed, but it, it's not him at his best. Um, he's as good as ever, but for me, it's just not top five of the year. Uh, same with Ruben Osland. Um, Martin McDonough for the Banshees of Inisharian. Very well directed, fabulous, deserving of the nomination. The Daniels for Everything Everywhere All At Once, again, fabulously directed, definitely deserves a nomination. But for me, the winner of this is Todd Field for Tar.
1: Um, yeah, I haven't seen Trying Sadness. Uh, I can't judge it but and I kind of agree with your spirit point. I'm very sad not to see Baz Luhrmann here. Very sad. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also would love to have seen Gina Prince by the wood. Yeah, I was, I was um, just
0: about to say G- I, I, Gina Prince by the wood not being in this category is is awful. I'd put, you know, if I had this category, I feel ashamed to say this, but I would have to take out Martin McDonough for the Banshee to finish Aaron as well. And I would have. Uh, um, I'd put Sarah Pauly, Juni Prince by the Wood and Basil Lutman in this category instead of Oslin, Spielberg and McDonough.
1: Okay, I definitely wouldn't take McDonough out. and But i I also say that I'm sad that I didn't see Berger getting a nomination for all quite a lot of as a wonderful director of films.
0: Same as every other um, film.
1: You're an idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that um, the Daniels, the directing is... is uh, amazing amazing and i said earlier almost the directing is so good that um you almost you know almost forget to notice how amazing the screenplay is um yeah they they, they direct a million films in the same film uh it's yeah. all done so well um emotionally captivating i think a lot of that isn't just through uh the way that it's um written but the way that it's all put together uh, wonderfully uh it's so stylized which is a very impressive in a film that has so many styles in it. Uh but it it kinda of, I think the fact that it maintains um kinda of a feeling of 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 themselves, of Danielsness uh, throughout that I, I really I really love. Um for me, you know, I think that I think it's it's one of the most obvious wins. I think it definitely will win. Daniels will definitely win. Uh and for me, um I completely back it. hundred percent. I, I think for me I think Daniels um yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, best, best, best directing of, of any film, uh, in the conversation.
0: Yeah, I think I agree. I think it will win. There's a chance Spielberg wins. Um, you know, he's yeah. Spielberg and this is his most personal film ever. I can see him winning this as well, but I do think the Daniels will win. And dare I say, I think that coming out of the Oscars, the Daniels will have three
1: Oscars, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, there's a very good chance. Um, it's also, again, I was talking again, all, all these snubs, we're really talking about things that we think are realistic. Um, in an ideal world, I, we would love to see Charlotte Ross here, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And in an ideal world, I I, I would also love to see Robert Eggers here. Yeah, that's but, true. And there's a kind of crazy, wacky part of the uh Matt Reeves here as well. But, mm. anyway, uh, the Daniels will win and I think they should win. Everyone um, knows, let's talk about best Picture
0: so this is one of the moments where sam's mic pretty much cut out um he was just listing the nominees for best picture if you don't know they are top gun maverick women talking everything everywhere all at once the banshees of Inisherin, triangle of sadness the fablemans all quiet on the western front avatar the way of water elvis
1: and tar back to sam i remember there's a decent amount of hype that the rrr might have got into here um we didn't um Yes, so I guess the, the biggest surprise is the way I was in and the women talk. the uh, way I was in and the women talking is otherwise I don't think there's that much, um, surprise here. Maybe some people might be shocked at Triangle of Sadness when you get in. Yes. Um, I've seen eight of the ten. I haven't seen women talking in Triangle of Sadness. I've seen the rest. I've seen um, all
0: of them because I'm a
1: real cinephile. I will, by the time the Oscars come around, I will have seen one. all. Um, That's true, maybe. Yeah, let's not mind about Tom Curry again, but let's quickly mind about Tom Curry it's, it's ridiculous. Horrible. About the best the how is, how is that in the top of the 10 best films of the year? I know, um, otherwise, I feel like we've almost primed every single film through our discussion of the individual parts. But what we haven't talked about is Avatar the Way of Water. Yeah. So does it, you know, it's in the best picture, it's in the best picture, uh, nominations. It's, it's here. Um, We'll talk Avatar you know does it deserve to, to have a spot on um
0: in short yes it does it's it's um you know I remember saying during our review it's not the best film I've ever seen but it's one of the best experiences I've ever had in the cinema and I think that the Oscars should be recognizing that they should be recognizing cinematic experiences um that are excellent and I think Avatar the Way of Water is one of the best it's you know it's one of the biggest films ever. Um, it's the third second fourth fourth third biggest film in history um and um i think it is it's you know you know go and listen to our avatar review basically but um it's it's a film that's impossible to make and yet it's been made um and i'm shocked that james cameron wasn't nominated for director he was for the first one i'm shocked that he wasn't for this one um but yeah it absolutely deserves to be here it's one of the best Experiences I've ever had is everything that you love about cinema in one three-hour epic experience. um So yeah, absolutely, it deserves to be here. Do you agree, or do you think it
1: shouldn't be? uh I think of all the films that I really think you could be in the conversation for, for the Oscars, I think it, it's definitely in the, t- in the top ten. I'd lo- I absolutely loved Avatar Two. I think Avatar yeah. Two was great. I didn't like the original very much. I think the, the second one improved it every single way. Again, experience as you said, amazing. Um, I'm, I'm, you yeah, know, I'm, I've watched it twice, you know, I, you know, I happily sat through it, uh, two times in the same week, because it's just, uh, an absolute visual spectacle. Um, but also, um, what it, you know, the, 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 the story, the characters and the story is an enormous step up. I think I mean, that I wasn't, you know, at some point I felt like I was just watching a kind of demo reel, and I think it really deserves. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna go through each of the 10 nominations. I want to say a single word to each one of these 10 moments. Oh gosh, okay. Off the top of your head. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Everything everywhere all at once. Crazy. Elvis. Camp. Banshees of the sharing. Funny. Triangle of Sadness. Ooh. Um Satirical Far ah. Perfect Women Talking Exceptional The Fabermans, Okay All quite on the Western Front Similar Avatar The Way of Water Epic And Top Gun Maverick Shit Let's <laughs> <That's scary>. go <laughs> I, I could have put money on that to be honest. <laughs> um, Yeah Okay Let, Let's just quickly talk about Um what what what's realistically in this conversation? Yeah. Well, um, for, for,
0: before we talk about what's realistically in this conversation, what do you want to win? If you had a ballot, want, what would you be picking?
1: Well, I, I think that's that's what I was going to think because I think that's the harder question. Um, it's really hard. I I I really love. So I'll tell you. I'll tell you the the, the films that are in the conversation for me. Right. So I think so. The Banshees are going to share in Everything ever, All at Once, Tar and Elvis, realistically. I think are the films that I'm going to be, I'm going to be thinking about. I loved All Quiet on the Western Front and I'm actually very happy to see it win, but, um, it's not necessarily what I'd go for. Um, it's really, really tough. Uh, I think I would go for The Banshees I'm going to share in. You know, for all the reasons I said earlier about the screenplay, mm-hmm. um, and and each of the each of the four performances, and it's just so captivating. I think I think if I had to vote, I would go for the Manchester Minis sharing. I think. Fair enough. Uh, I, I know I know your answer already. It's Tar.
0: It is Tar, but it's not it's not as clean cut as that. I I do I would vote for Tar ultimately, but I would be very very sad to not be voting for Elvis because I really think yes. Elvis is fantastic, and I think I'm really sad it won't I think Elvis is... And I'm really sad that I wouldn't vote for it as well.
1: Yeah, Elvis is my number two. And Everything Everywhere is a very close two as well. I think Everything Everywhere is amazing. I think if I rewatched it, I'd love it even more. I think I've forgotten how much I love it to a degree. Yeah, I think Um, I need to rewatch it as well.
0: At the moment, I'd say it's in my top five. I'd probably say Tar, Elvis, um, Avatar, Women talking, everything everywhere.
1: Yeah, I'd probably go Banshees, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, Um Tar. Oh quite a Western fan. I think I'm in my top five. Um Yeah. Okay. What is Fair Lenny's? enough. Yeah. it's weirdly, two years in a row I've decided my favourite for best picture on the same day we've done the nominations episode. Because I remember it was down for the last year that I was like yeah. um uh, okay I'm gonna say June and um yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um I I think realistically what's in the conversation, everything over all at once yeah. all cry on the Western Front and maybe the Banshees are gonna share him?
0: Yeah. Is that is that fair? I will I would agree with that assessment, yeah.
1: Uh, I think, you know, again, I think, I think Elkhorn was an Excellent film, and I think the fact that it won at kind of puts it in the conversation because, you know, it, that has to be in the conversation. But I would be very, very surprised to not see everything all at once with this with this Oscars. Awesome
0: I agree. I think it will be winning picture. I, I think it will and not only because. It's good and it deserves it. But also to pull out a funky stat, we love a stat. Um, it is impeccably rare that a film wins screenplay and director, which we are predicting everything everywhere else all it wants to do, and then not go on to win
1: picture. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think this is a a very big deal because. This shows the importance of the everyman, really. Because Everything Everywhere had... Basically exists through word of mouth. And just because people absolutely loved it. That's the reason yeah. why we're ta- you know, talking about it. You know, it's because crazy. It didn't have a big release. It got released on like a few cinemas in America. And everyone was going to see it. And everyone yeah. was know how good it was. And then they, they just forcefully released it everywhere, slowly. Because they... Well, because they had to because everyone loved it mm-hmm. and it's a film that has it's a film that traditionally you know if you're on paper you wouldn't expect to have resonated with a really general audience yeah. but it's one of the films that that because everyone knows like my, my work and stuff people know that like, i'm into films right yeah. so people will talk to me about films when they see films that, you know, like what people at work and people like uh, I'm friend- my friends from from secondary school and stuff, loads of people, loads and loads of people. I think more people have talked to me about that than any other film other than the Batman, yeah, right? And obviously, everyone's going to see the Batman because it's it's one, a superior film, and two, it's not Marvel, so you don't have to watch a million films before it. <laughs> but other than the Batman, I think most people have talked about it's everything, everyone at once. It really got through on word of mouth I think it's a really, uh, you know, positive sign for cinema in general that. It isn't all dominated by marvel it isn't all dominated by just the amount of money i mean this film did not cost you know a, a a you know uh uh this did this didn't cost anything near you know not in the same ballpark not even in the in the same fucking nation as yeah. any of the you know the big marvel films, but it looks ten times better than almost any of them. Yeah, um, is it's really up the lifting side in terms of, of the fact that, you know, these a uh, 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 Best Picture winning, not only, you know, and a Best Picture winning film, not costing that it much, as not a big surprise, but one on the scale of this, and it's an action, sci-fi, you know, th- those films that typically attract high budgets, you know, this is a relatively low budget buy Current industry standards, yeah. and also again, yeah, it's a really, really uplifting sign in terms of of the importance of the audience and the fact that you know people don't need to be, you know, people aren't just drones led by 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 the biggest companies I- in cinema. That there's still a place for the opinion of any of the average person. I think the opinions uh, and, and word of mouth really did did drag this to. I mean, obviously, this is not taking away. This all the word of mouth comes from the fact the film's so good. I'm not taking anything away from them, but it's a really good sign. I think.
0: It is, I agree. I am I am baffled by its nomination. Not now, but if you'd have told me when people were talking about it a year ago that it'd be the frontrunner for Best Picture, I would be baffled by. Because it is not the type of film that makes it to the Oscars. It's really not. And I, it's crazy that when it first came out, everyone was saying, oh my God, it's incredible. It should be the frontrunner for Best Picture. It should be winning Best Picture. It's the best film of the year. And it's, it's, it's ridden that hype all the way to the Oscars. You know, every single day it's remained. The hype has stayed. It's never died down. You know, a lot of films come out, like The Northman came out and everyone said, best film of the year, easily. The hype died down. It happens with loads of films. Nope came out. Everyone said, should be sweeping awards at the Oscars. The hype died down. It didn't get, make it. Everything everywhere all at once the hype never died down it carried it all the way to oscar sunday and it's probably going to win and it's crazy that it's done that and it's brilliant that it's done that and i'm so happy that it's done that Because like you say, it goes to show that it's not, you know, film is not just about either pretentious artsy films that mostly make it to the Oscars. And it's not massive, huge blockbusters that make it to the Oscars. This had a very modest budget. It didn't make a ton at the box office, but it's incredibly popular with everyone who's seen it. Everyone who's seen it loves it. And it's amazing that it's made it all this way. And I'm so happy that it's made it all this way. Purely, like you say, purely on word of mouth. You know, I mean, it is great. It deserves it on merit. But the reason it's here is word of mouth.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say I agree, but then that would be me agreeing with myself. Yeah. Um. Uh, realistically, I, I look forward to Monday morning because then I'll be able to think that the, the best picture on it is no longer Coda. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I will be uh, very uh, excited for that. For where we'll, we'll be able to say the Oscar for Best Picture is not held by Coda.
1: I think the Best Picture lineup is absolutely stacked. Like realistically, like this, just generally, actually, if you look at the quality of films nominated this year's Oscars in general, because yeah. there's a lot of films that are great that didn't make it to Best Picture. Things like Babylon, things like The Batman, things like Black Panther. There's a really, I think this has just been an excellent year for films. Again, every type of way you look at it. If you're looking at Best Picture nominees, one of the strongest lineups for a while. Well, not for a while because there's one three years ago, but yeah. one of the strongest lineups you could, go, you could put together. You know, It's an excellent lineup. If you look at films nominated at the Oscars in general, absolutely excellent lineup. If you're looking at the films that didn't get nominated at all for the Oscars, it's an amazing year for films. So you're talking about After samples we're, yeah. we're talking about Northman, we're talking about The King, we're talking about this and that and this and that uh Nope and the and <laughs> fact of the open and you know yeah. all these great films um yeah in every way, you look at it, i think 2022 has been an absolutely excellent year for films and um i'm really looking forward to the ceremony because i'm really not clued to the same level i have been in previous awards so i i'm saying what i'm thinking based on twitter based on other award ceremonies based on the betting odds um, but I'm really not that clued in. I really don't know that much. Yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to it. I, mean, I talked about it on the, we talked about this today. You know, the stakes are not going to be there. The stakes yeah. aren't there as much, but also we're kind of a bit more, uh, we'd be a bit more surprised. So
0: Yeah, I, um, I, I like it this way. I much prefer not knowing what's going to happen.
1: Um, Do you know that Alfonso Cuaron is the second person after Kenneth Branner to be nominated in five, in seven different Oscar categories. Is he really? Yes, he's nominated this year for his, oh, his uh, live action short, uh, Les Poupelles. Oh. Um, he's also been nominated in original screenplay, adapted screenplay, editing, picture, director, and cinematography. Oh wow! Well done, Alfonso Cuarón. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Very, very cool.
0: Um, yeah. Also, so the one last thing to talk about, the Oscars. This year, unlike last year, the last year the Oscars made the very controversial and very unpopular decision to present several categories not live. This year, every single award, all 23, will be presented live. So, oh, really? I'm oh, very okay. much that's looking excellent. forward to
1: that. Oh, that's so good. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I didn't know that. Thank you. that's great. That's yeah. really good. Um, a Marvel film got nominated for a, an, an acting Oscar We didn't really talk about the fact that that happened.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true. Mad. For the
1: first time. Do you think that will be happening this time next year when we see. um Man and the Wasp. Uh, Paul Rudd's name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for Man and the Wasp Quantumania.
0: I don't. I think, um, I think uh, as we said when we talked about Black Panther, Black Panther is very much kind of the standout franchise in the MCU. Um I can't mm, see...
1: Franchise in a franchise. Yeah,
0: it's, That's where it's we are at now, guys. It's isn't it? Um, but yeah, mm. I think it's very much the standout. I can't see it becoming a common thing. The Oscars famously hate stuff like that. Uh, and I think, really, I think if Angela Bassett wins, it will be a huge thing. But she has a mountain to climb. Being, <laughs> thing. being, in, the, uh, being in a comic book movie, being in a Marvel movie particularly.
1: Yeah, I think Terry Maguire should have won Best Active for Spider-Man 2. That's my <laughs> opinion. Fair enough. Okay. Um, let's stop waffling. And, let's and, start. Uh, Yeah, and let let the, the listeners tune into the Oscars, which is starting exactly as this podcast ends. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see you on the flip side, because we'll be talking. We'll come we'll be back. In, in, a, in a short while, discussing everything that happened this week's ceremony. If there indeed was any more acts, random acts of violence um, <laughs> in this year's ceremony, um, hopefully it was Jimmy Kimmel, actually. i will be very happy to see him get slapped. Um, I know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, by the time you, the, the next episode comes out, we would have seen more John Travolta in our lives, which is always a good thing. He's he's presenting something today, the Tomorrow so. Um Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, of... yeah. I'm excited. Yeah.
0: I'm excited for us to do our annual Oscar watch party as well.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a it's become a bit of a uh tradition. A, a recurring a recurring thing. A bit of a tradition, exactly. Yeah. Um Yeah, very nice stuff.
0: Catch you on the flippity thing. Okay.
1: Yes. Okay. So again, Normally, we do uh, our kind of what's we doing next episode. Obviously, what we're we'll doing next is, is that. Um, we haven't got any DCEU news this week, <laughs> um, which is unfortunate. Um, oh, no, we
0: do. There is a piece of DCEU news. Would you like it? Yeah, go for it. James Gunn is directing the Superman film. What? He is directing DC's Superman really? film, yes.
1: Damn, I really like James Gunn. Yeah, so I'm happy about that. James Gunn is good. The Guardians of the Galaxy films are really good, and the Suicide Squad was really good. I so I agree. Big up James Gunn. Um, I don't know why. Um, but actually, I do know why. It's very sad. The people that hate him, they're really sad, and they call him a pedophile. All the time, for very, very little. <laughs> um. Anyway. Talk about paedophiles. You can follow Lewis on Twitter at LewisJWR. You can follow the podcast at nowsharingpod and you can follow me at Sam Houston. Um, You can follow us on Letterboxd at Sam Houston and LewisJWR respectively. Uh, You can contact the podcast directly at nowshowingpod at gmail.com. The best way to help uh, get the podcast bigger is to tell all your friends. But other than that, you can also uh, give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Playlist or wherever you listen to this this podcast um thank you very much for next time Uh, thank you right thank you very much for listening i will see you next time uh enjoy your enjoy your oscars nights everyone bye-bye bye